0: Welcome back to Marriage Sensation. We're a marriage ministry located out of our church, New Life at Calvary, on East 79th and Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Walter Glenn. And I'm Katie Glenn. We're delighted to have you with us today. Now, we're one week from Easter. As this broadcast will air, we will be a week from Easter. And so we're going to give an Easter sermon. We're going to talk about how Jesus went to the cross And how we can resurrect our own marriages by going to the cross in our marriages. Because our marriages, some of them need some resurrection. And if they don't need resurrection, all of us need more Jesus in our marriage. So we're going to get started. But first, before we continue, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this day. We thank you for Palm Sunday. We thank you for that our Lord and Savior will be resurrected one week from today And Lord God, what a glorious day that will be for all those who believe on the name of Jesus Christ. We count it a joy and a privilege to come to you this day, submitting our marriages, submitting our hopes, dreams, everything we have, Lord, giving it unto you, from which we know we have safe and good and solid keeping. We thank you ahead of time for the victory you're going to provide for each and every marriage that's out there being represented right now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, when we start thinking about resurrecting our marriages, we're going to go through six ways in which we can sort of sanctify our marriages and get them moving in the right direction, but we're going to take our leading from Jesus Christ as he went down his final week. We're going to go through kind of his final week as he walked that road to the cross and how we can walk our own road to the cross in our marriages, and we're going to start with number one.
1: Well, the first thing is that in any type of change, or we're talking about a resurrection in our marriage, one of the most important things is that we have got to want to change. Amen. There has to be a change in our behavior, in our thought process, but we have to be willing to do that. You cannot change your spouse, but the thing you can do is to change yourself. And so, if you're willing to do that, there is great hope in the resurrection of your marriage, making it even better than it is already.
0: Can I, Amen? That? Yes. Amen. Because, yes. Uh, yeah, I think all marriages go through many changes. It's said that every two years or every year, your marriage is you're married to a different person, uh, same person, but different personalities because things happen, circumstances happen, yeah, things they change, change in your life, and you right? have to, we have to adjust as married couples to the changes. Could be a health change, could be a a job change, could be anything that could come down Mm -hmm. the pike that will change our relationship for the better or for the uh, more challenging end of it. So why don't you go into like our first point that we're gonna illustrate. Point number one, number six, of six. Point
1: number one is unity. We need to be united in common purpose and a common bond between two of us so that we will gain that unity in our marriage and we're talking about having the same goals uh fellowship um being you know just faithful with uh, jesus in our lives mm-hmm. and just have that that common bond between the two of us
0: yeah i think unity is an often underestimated uh component Uh, You see it on uh, sports teams where they have all the talent in the world, but they do not have what's called unity or chemistry. And in marriage, we got to have a chemistry with each other. We got to have that unity, uh, you know, where, you know, we have the ability to come in behind a common purpose and unite under that common banner of that purpose and get things accomplished. That's how we do it in marriage. And it's really significant when, it's just such a beautiful thing when we can come together in unity. It's just mm-hmm. sweet. It's just so right. wonderful when we come together in unity and we can sort of come in our, get, get in our marriage and get in that sweet spot where, boy, everything is working well.
1: So in God's Word, we're going to look at John chapter 17, verses 10 through 11, and then verse 15, Amen. talking about being, uh, Jesus being united with God. Verse 10 reads, All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, Mm -hmm. and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Mm -hmm. And verse 15, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from
0: the evil one. And that was Jesus speaking to his disciples, praying for their unity, because he knew their tasks would be difficult. And in marriage, our task can be difficult in a 50-year marriage. Uh, and it can be glorious. It can be wonderful. It can be all of the above. But we have to be united if we're going to survive if we're going to make it and eventually if we're going to thrive in marriage cuz that's what right. we talk about is thriving in marriage
1: right so number 2 is limiting our selfishness our pride and our egos mm. cuz we can be some selfish creatures amen amen we're only thinking about what makes me happy we're not thinking about your your spouse or your, even your children sometimes you're not thinking about them so there's a, a, a lack of sharing in decision-making, um, Only building into, say, you have a career, your own career, not really looking at your spouse's career and mm-hmm. where that could lead. Uh, you're also looking at, uh, in terms of, of budget overspending, you're not thinking about your budget. Mm-hmm. You just go out and buy something because it's something that you want. You're not consulting your spouse and say, Hey, this is what I want to do. Do we have the money in the budget? And uh, you know, giving sometimes giving your family too much influence in your marriage. So that's, you know, you have to limit that ego really yeah. to make things work out smooth and get that unity as well.
0: Yeah, the selfishness in marriage can prop up in some un uh just some unfamiliar places. Uh I know one of the things that we did well, and I, I was really uh, we were we were privileged in this area, was we both had good jobs, and so we had two small children, and every every now and then, small children get sick, and so one of the things we committed to very early on in our marriage was when one of our children, when one of our kids got sick, I would take off the first time, the second time she would take off. That way, there wasn't high absenteeism on her part. There wasn't high absenteeism on my part because we both valued each other's job. Right. We didn't think that one job was more important or more significant than the other. And so that's uh, the, that's an act of unselfishness that really went a long way in our marriage right. in terms of protecting our careers and until we were able to retire. So. It was just a beautiful act of unselfishness. Right, and we were just so unified in that. Yeah. That it
1: worked out for our benefit. Thank the Lord. Okay, number three is pain. There, There's pain in going to the cross. It was much pain for uh, Jesus to go to the cross. And you will find pain in your marriage. We will at some point, you know, hurt each other yeah. as couples by, you know, saying something unkind or doing something unkind and the the key is to repent and turn that whole situation around quickly so that you can go into a better direction in your marriage
0: yeah i think pain is inevitable in marriage uh uh just as jesus went to the cross there was a lot of pain associated with that um You know, there's a lot of pain associated with uh, sometimes marriage. And sometimes the pain is not of our own doing. It can be an outside family member uh, who needs our attention. It could be our kids who need our attention. And so the pain uh, can come from places. It can be an an aging parent. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, We both had aging parents uh, that really took uh, a lot of attention away from our marriage. So sometimes the pain is not necessarily, um, you know, that of something your own. Something that we do to it. Something that other. we generated, right. It's right. something that came out. Uh, it was just like our, our previous thought of selfishness. Uh, you know, the scripture says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others, okay? Right. And uh, with pain, you know, pain is so inevitable in marriage from time to time. we There's nothing we can do to prevent it. We'd like to, but we can't because of the way it comes in from so many outside right. sources. Right.
1: Yeah, so it is uh, something that will happen, but you can you can work it out in your marriage, and that's number four is forgiveness. Yes, we must learn to forgive our spouse. Amen. You know, even the very small infractions that happen, or small mistakes. You know, fender bender on your <laughs> with your car, out, or man. you know, any offenses or words that hurt for actions that hurt you know you just you can once you look at the whole situation and and realize that you may have been wrong in that regard just ask for forgiveness and that's really putting away your pride and your Mm -hmm. ego to, to ask for forgiveness and some people have a difficult time with that because it's just it's really a hard thing to do you're hoping that you're sorry for what happened mm-hmm, you are. and you want to ask your spouse for forgiveness. But sometimes you can be a little uh, scared of it because you're not quite sure how your spouse is going to respond. You hope they will forgive you, but sometimes mm-hmm. it, it depends on the size of the herd or what happened, and it may take a, a, a while for you to really build up your, your strength and your courage to ask for forgiveness
0: you know jesus's model of that was as he was giving his last breath on the cross he said forgive them for they know not what they do and sometimes in marriage there are sins of what we call omission and sins of commission sins of omission are things sins that we just don't even know where we're hurting our spouse we don't even know it was it's an omission uh and then the sins of commission are the sins that, you know, we commit. We know that, yeah, I did that and it hurt and I shouldn't have done it, but I, you know, I, I, I did it. And uh, that's where forgiveness comes in. Uh, we have to have an attitude of uh, one of the things that I think I have uh, really saw in my wife is that she really has gone out of her way never to use careless words or to try to hurt me. Uh, And I've really appreciated that. I've really appreciated her carefulness with her words and her actions. And subsequently, it's caused me to recheck my, my words and my actions because I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to hurt her. I love her, and I don't want anything that I do to pull her in another direction or pull her away from her relationship with Christ. So. I, we think very carefully about the right. words we use, and we try to uplift each other. We try to say much more positive things to each other than we do negative things or, or, right. or criticisms. Or mm-hmm. So that, that's one of the goals that we have as couples. Let's try to multiply the times that we're saying positive, helpful, right. constructive things and limit the destructive, negative things that come out of our mouths or right. our actions.
1: Okay. Number five is power. We have power in our marriages to prevail, to just get through any bad situation that may come up. We do have power to do that, and we are uh, more than conquerors. Amen. Romans, as as the Scripture says. In Romans, um, you know, we have that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And we can raise our marriages to new life come on, come by on. the power that we have from Jesus Christ being in our, in our lives. Um, you're looking at a, a, a restored marriage, a rekindled fire beginning anew each day. We have that power to do that, and again, as long as we're willing to change to make the changes that are necessary. So we do have power that we don't realize we have.
0: Yeah, we got to start our marriages over each and every day. Now, while they technically, we don't go back to square one each and every day. I'm not, we're not saying that like, but we are saying some things we got to start over each and every day and take every day fresh and anew so that, uh, Lord fall, Holy Spirit fall fresh on me. Uh, Because yesterday I blew it And so today I'm going to have a better day And we're going to have a better day Because I'm going to be a better person In you, through you And through the power of your Holy Spirit To resurrect my attitude Resurrect my My selfishness Lord, help me with all the things that prevent us from having a great marriage. We see those as barriers. We see those as obstacles. They're to be removed, Mm -hmm. eliminated, eradicated. They're to be put to death while we move on in victory in our marriage. We want our marriage to be the best that they can be.
1: And our last point is a a very big one, a very... um just a, a big part of this whole uh, resurrection process and that is commitment. Jesus was co- on a mission, that was his commitment to save humanity by dying on the cross for us and our mission is uh, to give glory to God in our marriages because that's who's going to help us get through the tough times and, and rejoice with us during the good times and the commitment is knowing that we're going to go through go through the in our marriage and that it's going to be all worth it. So that commitment is so important.
0: You, you know, when we talked about pain uh, uh, one or two items back, I think about Paul, the Apostle Paul. He said, this present suffering is not worthy to be compared to the future glory we're going to receive. Mm-hmm. And that's just in line with what you just said. You know, right. hey, yeah, there was a death. Jesus died. But he didn't stay dead, okay? Three days later, according to the scriptures, he rose again from the dead. That That was the power of God to do that. The power to resurrect marriages, the power to keep marriages going, the power to keep marriages on track. And three days later, he rose again, and it gave victory over death. We can have victory in our marriages over anything that sets itself up in opposition to us If we go into it with the power of the Holy Spirit working on our behalf.
1: Amen. We need to have Jesus in the forefront of your marriage to see how he behaves and how we should try and be as much like him as possible in terms of of loving each other and cherishing each other and just encouraging each other. You know, Jesus went to 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 the cross to save us, and we need to go to our own crosses to have a great marriage.
0: Amen. Amen any final thoughts from you my dear
1: Well again I, I feel that you have to be willing to make a change in yourself in order to make your marriage the best that it can be because it's not just one person who's doing whatever it's the two of you together so you have that unity you're gonna bond together going to have the commitment to love each other as Jesus loves loves all of us. And it's so important to revitalize your marriage. You just need to do these things. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, that can happen.
0: Amen. That's well said. Well, I'm going to do some housekeeping uh, chores uh, because next week will be Easter Sunday. So unfortunately, we will not be having a lesson on Easter Sunday. So that many of you can go out to Easter dinner or do some of the Easter activities that you do. Just enjoy the day. So, enjoy next Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. We will not have a lesson, but we'll have a lesson the following week Mm -hmm. after that. So, we thank you, we praise God for you, and we love you. So, as always, we want you to stay married and we want your marriage to be Sensational. sensational.